Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? If you haven't take problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a Chris ain't one. Hit me. Now, from the ESPN studios in New York City, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. The day after Dak Prescott had surgery, Jerry Jones saying they are not going to put him on IR. Which would knock him out at least the next four games. That's the worst thing he could do is to rush back from something like this. You think in four weeks he's going to come to save the day? If they're being honest with themselves, they don't have a Super Bowl winning roster. He's not four weeks away from playing quarterback in the NFL. I don't give a damn about optimism. I... Cowboys are not being honest with themselves about what they are. Mm. I think when they look in the mirror, they see something completely different than the rest of us do. Yeah, but that started this offseason. That didn't just start with the Dak Prescott injury after Sunday night's game. Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, also on your smart speaker as well. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Mike McCarthy speaking today about Dak and his status, uh, status post-op. As they say, you know, if everybody feels good about the surgery uh, that Dak went through, you know, from a medical perspective, you know, but, you know, from from my perspective, um, you know, I mean, he had surgery. So these next uh, seven to 10 days, he's in a healing stage. And, you know, let's get let's get over that hurdle first. And uh, but I, I know um, at the conclusion of the surgery, you know, the surgeon was very optimistic. Look, we could talk about three weeks, four weeks. They're not putting them on IR, all that. Realistically, when is he playing, Chris? Well, here's what I'll say. Last year, we saw Russell Wilson deal with a similar injury to his thumb on his throwing hand, and he missed three games. Uh A couple of years ago, we saw Drew Brees deal with a similar injury on his throwing hand. He missed five games. For Jerry Jones to float out the idea that Dak Prescott could be back within the window of four games, I don't think is as outlandish as a lot of our ESPN analysts believe but what i will say is this without dak prescott cowboys got no shot they got no shot so for me rushing dak prescott back is a no lose proposition because if he comes back too soon and he gets hurt well you're no worser than you were before no one's the wiser because your season was already over if he wasn't going to be playing you're not going out there and making a move for another top 10 to 12 quarterback there's no backup available that's going to be able to elevate the players around the, the offense, there's no street-free agents that's going to step in and be able to give you some semblance of what Dak Prescott is. So, ultimately, your season hinges on whether or not Dak Prescott can get back in the window that Jerry Jones outlined. Because guess what? If he doesn't come back in, in the next three or four weeks, I, I don't believe that Cooper Rush can do enough to keep this team afloat and keep their playoff chances alive. I just don't see that. So, yeah. There's a problem. When you look at the upcoming schedule for the Dallas Cowboys, they got the Cincinnati Bengals, they got the New York Giants, they got the Commanders, they got the Rams. All right? Now, there are two division games in there over your next three. If Cooper Rush can find a way not to get in the way of the defense 
and the running game, then maybe it makes sense to have Dak Prescott come back for that Rams game. But that's what it would have to take for me in order to believe that the Cowboys have a shot at being able to make a push for a wild card. But right now, their season is on the brink. Period. Here's Mike on the possibilities with Cooper Rush. We work every day with Cooper, so uh, he's coach smart. He's um, got a great disposition for for the number two. Uh, you know, there's so much to love about Cooper. So, but most importantly, he just needs to get in there, run the offense. You know, so I'll try to do too much, and you know, and we gotta we got we gotta stay aggressive and open the things up. Look. You got to say all the right things when it comes to Cooper Rush. Mm. We know the situation. I think the Cowboys, while you can say that they are dead without Dak, which is an obvious statement, mm-hmm. I don't know that Dak at 65% is going to make a difference either. So this is this is my Hell, problem. Hell, Carlin, we don't know if Dak at 100% was going to make a difference. Did you see the first three no, and a half agree. quarters of the game against but the Bucs? They were the, awful. But this is my point, Chris. They are treating Dak right now as if, and and I know the answer is he actually is, they have such a small, slim chance to do something here, and they are treating Dak as if he is that only chance that they have, which he kind of is, but I don't know that taking that chance is worth rushing the guy back. And I know it's just, well, what's the worst that happens? He breaks his thumb and he's done. Uh, that's the worst. It ain't going to be career threatening. So what are we talking about? Okay, my problem is I don't want the guy coming back. He's thinking about one thing, injures something else. Like, am I wrong that that's a possibility? Am I wrong that it's a possibility that you come back, you got your thumb, maybe you're not spinning it as well as you'd like, and all of a sudden you start throwing the ball a little bit differently, and it screws something else up because you're overcompensating. Is that not something that you can talk about? These are things that would concern me. I don't want this injury of a thumb to completely ruin a player for a longer period because I am looking because he could potentially be overcompensating for it. But we didn't see that with Russ, and we didn't see that with Drew Brees. So I, I, I get where you're coming from, and there's always the possibility of injury, but I'm just weighing that versus what our season is going to be if we don't have Dak Prescott out there, which is a waste of over $220 million in salary. that That's what you're talking about. You're basically torching that if you're Jerry Jones. You're giving away an opportunity with this core of players. And I'm sorry, if you don't try to at least give this team an opportunity to make the playoffs, then you're probably talking about some serious changes this offseason, not just with the coaching staff, but with your actual roster. And I don't know when you're going to have an opportunity to compete for a championship. I, I just don't. The, the, the championship window... Almost feels like it's going to slam shut, the if, the ca- shut. if the Cowboys don't compete this year. No, they, the window's shut. Oh, God. I, I, oh, wow. I, I think it is. Oh, wow. Chris, would you feel like the window wow. was still open the other night if Dak came out of that game healthy based on what we saw? Look, we, it's week we, one. I it's know. week one. I know so we I'm talk a, about So that. I'm, always, I'm always skeptical in being completely dismissive of a team, but the problems that the Cowboys showed on week one were problems – that we felt like they were going to have coming into the season. This is what I'm saying. The offensive line was going to be an issue because you lost Connor Williams, you lost Lyle Collins, and Tyron Smith is going to be out for at least the first half of this year. We knew that. The weapons on the outside were going to be an issue. Cedric Wilson bounced in free agency. Amari Cooper was traded. You got CeeDee Lamb stepping up from the number two receiver to the number one receiver. 
and a bunch of other guys that don't have a hell of a lot of experience. That's a problem. Ezekiel Elliott, we don't know what we're going to get from him. Tony Pollard, he's a liability in pass protection. Everybody says they want him in the game, but he can't pass block. So, I mean, there are some problems there that we don't know that they're going to be able to overcome. Now, I also came into the season believing that the defense had to be the identity of this team. The defense was going to have to be what won the day. And the defense, although it wasn't their best game, they weren't awful. They held a team under 20 points in today's NFL. That's pretty damn impressive. And Michael Parsons, yeah, he's one of the best football players, if not the best football player on the defensive side of the ball in the league. So all I'm simply saying is this. The Cowboys have a better chance of forming an identity that can at least allow them to compete for a playoff spot if they've got Dak Prescott in the lineup versus not having. Their identity is exactly all of the problems that you just talked about that showed up opening night. Including the penalties, too. Like, the penalties is also an issue that we felt like they needed to get cleaned up. Double-digit penalties again, Carlin. That's one of those when is that going like, to stop? Chris, this is one of those things where I look at it like, if you can't help yourself, why am I going to help you? <laughs> like, the Cowboys cannot even help themselves on that front. And I don't know if it's McCarthy, if it's coaching, it's if it's coaching. lack of No, I'm telling, you, I'm telling you what it is. It's well, coaching. there you go. It's coaching. There you period. go. So, all of that being the case, Chris, I don't want to just try to save something because the, the owner is living in a delusional world. That's what's going on. The owner thinks this team is one thing, and it is completely another. And that's where the major disconnect is. Well, you're also talking about an owner that's in his 80s, Carlin? Yeah. D- does, and he's d- dying d- to win. He's dying li- to win li- his li- way. Li- literally. Yes. Dying to win. Yes. Does he have the stomach for a rebuild? Does he have the time for a rebuild? in order to see it to the other side and win a championship. Nobody knows these things, but these are all considerations when we're gauging what the Cowboys are going to do and how they're going to handle Dak Prescott. Now, listen, if Cooper Rush steps in and wins one of the next two games, that's more than enough ammunition for the Dallas Cowboys to say, you know what, we got to bring Dak Prescott back in three or four weeks, period. And I suspect that that's exactly what's going to happen. And even if he's not 100%, Carlin, having Dak Prescott out there at 70%, 80% is better than having Cooper Rush under center. It just is. Because what the defense is going to do, how they're going to try to attack the offense, is completely different. And that can benefit a lot of the other guys on that unit. So all I'm simply saying is the Cowboys have no shot. It's a no, it's a no-risk proposition bringing them back a little bit sooner than that initial six- to eight-week timeline just because if you bring them back six to eight weeks from now, your season's already over. Okay, so if you bring him back early and he gets hurt again, what have you lost? Your season was already over. So it just doesn't make any sense to me when I hear people say, oh, you shouldn't bring him back in the next three or four weeks. It's crazy. Russell Wilson just compared himself to somebody that he really shouldn't. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you're going to want to hear this. Oh, gosh. It is coming up in just moments. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Uh, this one, yeah, you're going to want to hear it. I I can't say any more than that. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? You know what I like to do? What's that? I like to play Canty or Canty. Hey! So, so you, you're kind of like Greeny then in that way. Yes. Greeny loves Candy or Candy. Did Big you fan. notice? The, the game is sweeping the nation, by the way. But you know what's amazing to me? What's that? Greeny is fascinated by how tall you are. He is, every single time. He really is. And then just that, Saturday, that Saturday was Apple standing box, in a box. That damn Apple box <laughs> comes out every single time. There was actually somebody on Twitter <laughs> that had a picture of me, Jeff Saturday, and Dominique Foxworth all standing together. And they said the caption was, it must be bring your kids to work day. Just because of the sheer size difference. I was like, that's oh beat up, Lord. man. That's it's crazy. Amazing. It's crazy. It's crazy. But without further ado, let's get to it. Yes, let's get to it. Do I have this on my page? The question no, is simple. Can he right. or can't he? But only one man can answer. All right. Can he or can't he? Chris Canty. I will ask you the question, and you will answer the question, can he or can't he? Ready? I'm ready. Can Trey Lance make it through the entire season as the 49ers quarterback? He can, and he will, Carl. And here's the thing. The 49ers have invested three, count them, three first-round draft picks into drafting Trey Lance. He's going to be their guy for better or worse. And this is not just about 2022 and doing what's in the best interest of this team. It's about doing what's in the best interest of the 49ers organization moving forward. Because, Carlin, if Trey Lance doesn't work out, the 49ers' future is shot. He's got to be the guy. And a part of learning how to play quarterback in the National Football League is actually getting the experience in playing in meaningful games. So, yeah, you can turn it over to Jimmy Garoppolo, who was the guy that you decided wasn't good enough in order to win when it matters the most, which prompted you to draft Trey Lance and give up all of that draft capital to put yourself in position to get him. So, yeah, Trey Lance is going to be the starter in Week 2. Trey Lance is going to be the starter in Week 18, barring any injury. Folks in the NFL and covering the league might as well get used to it. Uh, Okay, you're wrong. Uh, Next. Next on the list. Can Cooper Rush keep the Cowboys in the playoff hunt? Ooh. I'm going to say he can, Carlin, because I'm not afraid of... Oof. uh. I'm not afraid of the quarterbacks in the division. I'm just not. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles are in a class on their own. That has more to do with the supporting cast of Jalen Hurts than Jalen Hurts himself. But 
think about it this way. The Dallas Cowboys in their next three games have two division matchups with the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders. I don't trust either one of those quarterbacks. Did you see what Carson Wentz did at the beginning of the fourth quarter of that game against Jaguars? Mm-hmm. Back-to-back interceptions, which led to the go-ahead score for the Jags. Stunning! Yeah, exactly. Not surprised by that one. Did you see what Daniel Jones did in the second half in the red zone? Throwing that pick? Oh, my where goodness. Where Brian Dayball chewed him out? That's, a, that's one of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah, just I'm not afraid of those quarterbacks. They've shown the propensity to turn the football over. And for the Dallas Cowboys, a defense that was tops in takeaways from a year ago, that can be just enough to get Cooper Cup, I mean Cooper Rush, the field position and the extra possessions that he needs in order to best him. So, yeah, I'm going to say Cooper Rush can keep the Cowboys' playoff hopes afloat. Okay, you're 0 for 2. Let's go with can Aaron Rodgers win a playoff game this year? He can't. He can't and he won't, Carlin. I'm not buying it. The Green Bay Packers are a less talented team than they were a year ago. And I just don't know that Aaron Rodgers, once he gets back on that stage, is going to have a different outcome in terms of his overall production. Last year, he lost to a 49ers team that didn't score an offensive touchdown, Carlin. Not one. So I just, I don't know, man. It's something that's not quite right with that team. And I always go back to the intangibles or lack thereof from Aaron Rodgers and the leadership qualities or lack thereof. I just don't believe in it when it comes to doing high-level winning. They will win at least 12 games, but that will all mean nothing in the yeah, end. Yeah, we don't judge Aaron Rodgers by regular season record. We judge him on what he does in the postseason. Well, he, he judges himself by regular season record. Uh, oh, okay. Chris, can uh, Saquon Barkley win the rushing title? He can't. He can't. He's not going to win the rushing title, and it's nothing to do with Saquon because I think he's finally back. He's finally healthy. The one positive that I would say about his performance is that he got downhill. Like, he was one cut. He was decisive. He squared his shoulders. He ran behind his pads, and he got downhill. Two, not a lot of dancing behind the line of scrimmage. That's been something that a lot of people have been critical of him of. It seems like he's changed it. But the reason why he won't win the rushing title is because the guy that's currently three yards behind him for the league league, Jonathan Taylor, you know, the guy that led the league in rushing last year, has a better offensive line and has a better quarterback. So I'm buying Jonathan Taylor winning the rushing title. I thought he was in the MVP conversation last year. I didn't see anything in week one that would make me think he's not going to be in the MVP conversation this year. This is a spicy, spicy round of Kenny or Canty. So we wrap it up on an extra spicy question. Yeah. Can Tua Tungavailoa be a franchise quarterback? Can he or can't he? He can't. I'm not buying the Tua train, man. I'm not jumping on it. I, I get that he had a solid week one performance. I don't think it was as good as the numbers might suggest, Carlin, when you go back and look at the film. They've got a lot of weapons around him. They've upgraded on the offensive line. I still just don't believe in Tua. And until he plays a full regular season and proves to me he can stay healthy, I can't buy into him being a true franchise quarterback. One of the things that made Eli Manning great, Carlin, is that Eli Manning was available every single game. I don't know that we're going to see that from Tua. Just saying, he had injury concerns in college. He's had injury injury concerns his first few years in the league. Once again, Christopher, you have crystallized my thoughts on Tua Tungavailoa, but there's a bigger issue at work here with Tua. You look at his numbers the other day. And you're very excited if you're Miami if you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Guess what? We're about to tell you why 
you need to quell that excitement, and it is based on true visual evidence. Kenny Akanti is brought to you by Fidelity Investments, and as usual, they got their money's worth. We're going to discuss why Tua is not a franchise quarterback despite that win. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. They're going for it. Two up. And he's got first down. And a touchdown from Waddle. What a gutsy Jalen Waddle. We got the penguin in the end zone, too, boy. Is that nice to see? Boy, everybody's all fired up after game one about Tua. And I get it. I understand. You're looking for something to believe in. It ain't this. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. So this morning, I am taking a look online and doing some reading about the Tua performance the other day mm-hmm. and watching some video on the Tua performance Look the at other you day. breaking down tape. Now, look, I'm not Dan Orlovsky. I'm not Chris Canty. I'm mm-hmm. not anybody like that when it comes to breaking down tape. But this particular... Uh, software, as it were, allows you to look at all the different throws that you want to see. And let's just say that I wanted to say that um, I want to see Tua throws that are 20 yards in the air or more. Because one of the big criticisms of Tua is that he doesn't have the big arm. He can't push the ball down the field outside of the numbers, right? Exactly. So I was curious, okay, how did he fare? Because when you looked at his numbers overall, they were very good. Okay. And he threw that touchdown right before the half. Mm -hmm. That Jalen Waddle. On fourth down. Yep. On fourth down, that Jalen Waddle did an awful lot of running after the catch. And so Tua, on passes that were thrown more than 20 yards, or 20 yards or more. Mm -hmm. And all of the throws were 23 yards or less. So they were barely over 20 yards. Okay? Yep. Two for five. One of them, he shortchanged the receiver by about a good eight yards. Mm-hmm. It almost made me think, did the guy run the wrong route? <laughs> That's how bad it looked. Yep. One of the completions was a leaping, acrobatic grab that you would look at and say, wow, how did he ever make that catch? Mm-hmm. The others, not particularly close. And when I say not particularly close, close, let's just put it this way. I'll phrase it differently. Uncatchable. 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 Okay. Chris, I get that Tua can throw the ball 10, 15 yards. 
but let's just call it what it is. If he's going to try to be a downfield threat, he is fighting an uphill battle. He has got a pop gun for an arm, and the Miami Dolphin fans have to stop talking about throws that they saw in training camp that were, uh, and preseason games that were, I don't know, 15 yards short that a receiver had to wait for, and you got excited because he was able to throw it 40 yards down the field. Yeah. It, the ball is a lollipop coming out of his hand when he is not throwing at 5 and 10 yards. You know the hard part about evaluating Tua is that I always view him through the lens of being the guy that the Miami Dolphins took instead of Justin Herbert. Well, that's how he's always going to be graded. That's tough. Fair or not, it's just, it is what it is. Well, that's the reality of what happened. Yep. And when you look at a quarterback that has the limitations that he does, you're expecting, because of where he was drafted, that he would be more than what he is. And unfortunately, Carlin, I don't know that he can be. I don't know that he's ever going to be a quarterback that can push the ball down the field with Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and, and all of those guys. Now, Drew Brees didn't have a strong arm. But Drew Brees was able to find a way to make it work. He also had one of the best play designers, play callers in the history yeah. of the game in Sean Payton. So um, it's tough to say whether or not he's going to be a franchise quarterback, but I always err on the side of not because this guy always gets hurt. And so it, there's a lot of waiting for the other shoe to drop when it comes to Tua. But when it comes to the flat-out production that we're seeing from him in the offense, let's put it in its proper context. They were 18th in yards per play of all the teams in week one. They were 22nd in total yards. Mm -hmm. These dudes only scored 20 points. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you're looking for reasons to point to as to why the Dolphins won the game, you don't need to focus on the offensive side of the ball. What you should be looking at is the defensive side of the ball. You should be looking at Xavier Howard. You should be looking at Javon Holland, their safety, who is going to be a star, Carlin. You should be looking at Christian Wilkins. You should be looking at Emmanuel Ugba. Those are the reason. Those guys are the reason why the Miami Dolphins are one and zero today. It ain't really about Tua. It's no. not. It's it's about having those guys in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill that can be catch and run threats. It's about having Mike Gusecki, one of the best young tight ends in the game, and it's about having a rock solid offensive line something that the Dolphins haven't had in a really long time. All of those things are in place, which means there are no excuses for Tua as to why this team can't be in playoff contention at the end of the year. And I, I would just caution you that when you see numbers like 23 of 33 for 270 and you get excited, relax for a second. Because what I just told you, the two for five with those balls that were thrown 20 yards or more, Mm -hmm. which wasn't much more than 20 yards. What that means is the majority of that yardage came after the catch. Came after the catch. A lot of it came after the catch. When you hear 270 yards, but he's only two for five on balls of 20 yards or more. He wasn't throwing bombs. No. He wasn't throwing bombs in the least. So, Chris, I get the Dolphin fan needs something to believe in right now. All I'm just telling you is slow your roll. Here's and, the thing. And let me give you one more thing real quick. Real quick. If you are going to tell me, based on what Chris just said, well, look, Drew had Sean Payton. Do not, do not, do not use Mike McDaniel in your argument as a great quarterback slash offensive coach when not one of you could have picked him out of a lineup midway through last year, and the only reason that you knew about him is that he had a couple of wacky press conferences. That's, That's it. true. 
Yeah, and he was under Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. So we're just going to assume by osmosis that he's going to be a good coach. But here's the thing, Carlin. No matter what the Dolphin fan says to argue that Tua is a franchise quarterback, none of them can argue that Tua is a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. No, they cannot. And and that, in part, is the problem in terms of how we're going to look at Tua moving forward. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN+. Plus. Dolphin fans, if you want to respond, now would be your time at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Are we wrong? Am I wrong? I mean, I'm not, but I guess you could take your chance and try to find out if you can make an argument. You know, good for you, I I suppose. I I have been wrong before in life. This? (laughs) Maybe not so much. Lies! Lies! Now, (laughs) Chris mentioned Justin Herbert. And, look, Tua is always going to be compared to him. Justin Herbert is getting compared to somebody on a little bit higher level. We're going to explain who and what and why next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You can't miss Canty and Carlin, pound for pound, the biggest show on ESPN radio. Just give me a minute here, okay? Because the way in today was, it was just, it was not good. And it got me a little, got me a little. Canty and Carlin on. Christoph. Hey, you're so much right now. Not enough O's and smooth for that one. So listen, here's how it went. <laughs> this is what went down today. Okay. I had to go to Rutgers for practice. You know, I do the Rutgers games. No doubt. So I checked out practice, got out of there, left there like 12, 20, out the door, beautiful, roll up the Jersey Turnpike, through the uh, Lincoln Tunnel, One twenty. I am through the Lincoln Tunnel. We're looking great. Everything's top notch. I roll up 10th Avenue. There is a massive traffic jam on 10th Avenue. Why? I'll tell you why. A farmer's market. (laughs) Somebody on a Wednesday in New York City decides, let's have a farmer's market. That's number one. On 10th Avenue. On 10th Avenue. In the middle of the damn day. In New York City. But they did the farmer's market thing this past weekend. Chris, I know. Allow me to continue. Okay. (laughs) I turn right on 65th Street. I go to my usual garage. They're full. Okay? That happens. I go to another garage. I pull in. I stand there for 10 minutes. Guy comes out, says, sorry, we're all full. 10 minutes. We're all full. Wow. Got to get out and leave. Go and drive it around. I go do the circle around 10 blocks. Can't find anything. 25 minutes at this point. 25 minutes looking for parking. Finally find a garage. Pull up. Pull in. Okay. I asked the sir, I asked the security guard, so do you have the special rate for people in our building here? No. How much is it going to be? $60. <laughs> $60 coming my way. A 
Who has a farmer's market in New York City on a Wednesday afternoon and says, yes, that's what we have to do? Who does that? But here's what I don't understand, Carlin, as a part of that. Who's going to the damn farmer's market? Don't people have jobs? There were Don't people, have people to work? there. I mean, listen, if you got to pay $60 for parking, you better have a damn job. I don't even have any urine corn to show for the $60 I'm about but to sell But that's my out. whole point, though. And it's crazy because I live in New York City, and they just had the damn farmer's markets on Sunday. They blocked off all of the streets on the Upper West Side so people could roam around in the farmer's market and all of the different fairs and be at all of this different stuff. It's absolutely ridiculous. They stole an hour of your life, and it's really, really sad, and you should be Kristoff. Farmer's market on a Wednesday afternoon. Are you kidding Who's me? Who's going to that, though? I don't know. That's there what were, I don't Chris, understand. that's a problem. Who's going to the farmer's market on on Wednesday afternoon? Like, I get blocking off the streets on Sunday to have a farmer's market in New York City because nobody's really working on Sunday. But on Wednesday, in the middle of the work week, you're going to block off streets Can't. and create this funky traffic pattern that causes you to lose an hour of your day and to come into the show late? An hour. And listen... I, and in case you're just joining us, I was just recounting the fact that I had a disaster of an afternoon trying to get in here. Yeah. And I am somebody that can adapt to the situation pretty well usually. Yeah. But there are certain things where I like my routine. I like to come in, have my lunch. You like to beat me here to the studio. It's not even that. That's a thing. No, but you do. You like to be here first. I, but I don't, no, I don't like to be here first. I like to be here at least 90 minutes in advance. Yes. Uh, and be in the chair. Yes. Having a nice little chicken wrap, and we're, you know, reading up on some more stuff. I missed anything on the way in in the hour trip. The chicken wrap looked delicious. It today, was? By the way, it looked outstanding. Oh, my God. Grilled chicken wrap from Ooh, the commissary it downstairs. Great. It looked great. <sighs> hit the spot. Anyway, I hit traffic on 10th Avenue because there was a farmer's market in New York City on a Wednesday afternoon. And and as far as you're asking, like, who goes? From all I could see, it's blowing, it's blocking off two entire blocks on 10th Avenue, and there were eight people there. There were eight people there, and they were all clearly on their lunch hour. Wow. And I and, and now my two Gertu couldn't get into that we get a, a discounted rate. You know, it's still hefty, but yeah. a discounted rate to park. It 60 bucks. No, and then I ended up parking somewhere else. They said, do you have this right? No. How much is it? $60 is what mm. I'm paying later today. Mm-mm-mm. I got to pay $60 to walk an extra four blocks. They should. You should go back by the farmer's market and demand that they give you something for your 60 bucks. You know they're going to be gone by the time I get back there. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. You know, yeah, the, the farmer's market owes me an hour. Like Nathaniel Hackett owes me about 300 bucks off that parlay <laughs> the other night. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN+. Plus. Tomorrow night, we get a very special matchup in that we get a chance to see Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. And we've seen it a few times over the last couple of years. But as I was looking at some stuff this morning, it really struck me, Chris, this very much could be the new Brady Manning. And we're going to get an opportunity to have that more often than we ever had it with with those two. We'd get it occasionally during the regular season with them, and we'd get it in the postseason with them. Yeah. Here, we're going to get this twice a year, and we're also going to get a potential playoff matchup as well down If the Justin line. Herbert can ever get there. I think he can get there. I think they will get there this year. I'd be he's, shocked. He's got to do didn't. it first. He does, but I'd be shocked if they didn't. Now, having said that, 
there is only one team that has beaten Patrick Mahomes twice in Kansas City, and it's the Chargers. One of the times was without Herbert. Herbert can become Patrick Mahomes against the AFC West is twenty one and three in his career. So Philip Rivers did it on a Thursday night game, if I'm not mistaken. Is yes, that correct. Correct. Okay, and yep. I guess Herbert did it. Herbert once? did it once. Okay. Yep. Okay. And so he can become the first quarterback to go beat Pat, Patrick Mahomes twice at Arrowhead. Okay. If they win tomorrow night. Okay. I, I'm excited for the prospect of having the next generation of quarterback duel on that level. And I think that's what we're gonna what's what we're gonna have. I think Pat Mahomes is a part of the conversation, but if we're talking about the next Brady Manning, I don't think it's Justin Herbert. Not I, yet. Well no. Or not at all? No, I think it's Joe Burrow. Mm. I think it's Joe Burrow. I mean, show me the quarterback that's beaten Pat Mahomes twice in the same season. Mm-hmm. The quarterback that's beaten Pat Mahomes twice in a six-week span. I, I, I haven't seen him. So all I'm simply saying is when it comes to the guys that I expect to do high-level winning and to compete for championships, the first quarterback that I think of other than Pat Mahomes, the first young guy in the AFC, it ain't Justin Herbert. It ain't even Josh Allen, even though I think Josh Allen has a hell of a chance to win MVP this year. It's Joe Burrow. And it's amazing that he could turn around a franchise and change the perception of what the Bengals are in just one full season being healthy. But that's how good Joe Burrow was last year. Carlin, the guy had five turnovers on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, allowed the Pittsburgh Steelers defense to score, and still gave his team a chance to win at the end of the fourth quarter and in overtime. Think about how hard that is to do. That's how good Joe Burrow is. And he did all of that with no preseason. Joe Burrow is that dude, man. And that's one of the guys that I think we got to stop glossing over when we have the conversation about up-and-comers in the AFC. I'm not glossing. I will not be glossing on uh, over Joe Burrow You at just all. did. Well, you but, just said no, the next Brady Manning is going to be Herbert Mahomes. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. When I look at the production of Herbert in his first couple of years, while you point to Burrow and say he's already been to the Super Bowl for Pete's sake, and did an amazing job with no offensive line last year. And he led the league in completion percentage last year while being the most sacked quarterback. Right. But let's also talk about the fact that Herbert, in his first two seasons, has been absolutely ridiculous. And maybe the only reason that the Chargers didn't go to the playoffs last year is because their their coach went into the dopey analytics and goes for it at his own 20-yard line. I mean, we can make that argument, too. Well, sometimes you have to overcome coaching. I mean, we saw the coaching gaffe that Zach Taylor made with the punt team at the end of overtime in that game. It ain't like Zach Taylor is is winning a whole bunch of Coach of the Year awards, and yet Joe Burrow still took that team to the Super Bowl. Look, just putting it out there, man. Yeah, I understand. I understand. But did he? Did he? Did Burrow overcome coaching problems in the postseason last year? I'm like, not going to say he overcame coaching problems, but I will say this. Joe Burrow didn't let his coach get in the way. Well, Chris, I'll tell you what, then. I'm an open-minded guy. You are. I can be convinced sometimes. Yeah. I'll put it this way. This is rising to that level, and there are a couple of other guys who may be knocking right on the door to be there. Let me ask that. you a question. Let's let's boil this conversation down now. really quick. Mm. 
if you got to pick a quarterback in the AFC other than Pat Mahomes to win a football game, who's it going to be? Right now? Yeah. Can I include week one in it? Can you include week one? In evaluation? Yeah, whatever you want to do. I take Herbert slightly. Wow. Okay. Slightly. I, I can't have this conversation with well, you. Well, he was did. terrible last week. I can't have this conversation Burrow was with horrible you. last week. He didn't week. play in the preseason. He had appendicitis. What are you talking about? I don't think Herbert played in the preseason either, oh, did he? Oh, my God. <laughs> he didn't I, have appendicitis. I, he could at least practice. It's, it's, it's close. Oh Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.